Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Guess Who's Back? Back again. Edition as Joe Burrow returns to practice 12 days before the season opener in Cleveland. Coming up, we'll hear from several teammates on the return of Joey Franchise, and I'll talk to the newest Bengals quarterback, Will Greer, who was added to the practice squad after an outstanding preseason with the Dallas Cowboys. Then, I'll be joined by Charles Davis from CBS Sports, who will be in the booth next week to call the Bengals-Browns game. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since From the Jungle. In case you haven't seen it yet, the Bengals have a new all-access TV show this year called From the Jungle. You can watch the first episode on Bengals.com or YouTube. It's basically the team's own version of Hard Knocks, going behind the scenes with players and coaches in ways the Bengals have never done before. It's a huge project, and Seth Tanner and his team of videographers and editors do a phenomenal job. If you love the Bengals, you'll love From the Jungle. Now, let's get to the latest news, beginning with the return of Joe Burrow. On Wednesday afternoon, as the Bengals walked toward the practice field, a long line of cameras waited to see if Joe Burrow would be in uniform. Here's rookie receiver Andre Yosivash. I kind of was wondering what they were out there for, and then I saw Joe out there. Obviously, I was like, okay, yeah, he's out there. No sleeve, no nothing, which is really nice to see as well, throwing like he like didn't even miss a beat. So, you know, they're obviously taking it slow with him still, but it's nice to see him still slinging the ball like, like how he used to. Burrow's return was not necessarily anticipated by his teammates, including Jamar Chase. I found out when I got on the field. As a matter of fact, I found out when I watched him put his gear on. I was like, what is he doing? Were you concerned that he would try to come back too fast? Hell yeah. That's why I told him, don't come until we fall. Like, I don't want you back until you know you're ready. I mean, he looked good. You know, I didn't see no hobble or nothing. You know, I didn't see really much. Um, and then again, that's, that's I, I did not pay attention to him as much. But from what I've seen, you know, he looks good. He doesn't look like he's having problems walking or nothing. So that's a good sign. Burrow's return brought a sigh of relief to Bengals fans and changed the energy at practice. Here are Yossi Vosh and veteran safety Mike Thomas. It was nice. You can definitely feel his vibe out there. And he's already, you know, not critiquing, but giving me tips, you know, watching me. I took a go route. You know, I thought I could win inside leverage. I did. But he's like, you know, if you go outside, there's more places where I can throw the ball. And so it's just even just little things like that that you hear from the starting quarterback make you not. I always want to play football, but it kind of gives you more energy. You know what I mean? It kind of brings more life to the team. And I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I think it was a whole different vibe than all the training camp. I don't think he threw an incomplete pass today, so I mean, it was fun. Joe's return came one day shy of five weeks after he suffered his calf strain. And while he was gone, his teammates wanted to make sure they didn't miss a beat. Here are Ted Karras and T. Higgins. He looks like Joe, and he's been doing a great job in grinding in camp. Um... You know, my, my main goal was just have the O-line unit re- cleaned up and polished and ready to go so he can just plug himself in and, and pick up right where he left off. I, I definitely feel like it gave the guys some extra juice, you know, just to go out there and just show him that, that we've been working hard, even though he's been, uh, you know, getting treated up. 
you know, um, we wanted to show him that there's nothing, we ain't leave off nothing. You know, we, we still at the same spot we, we was when he, when he first got hurt. So The media was only allowed to watch the first 30 minutes of practice, but according to Higgins and others, Burrow's best pass was a perfectly thrown bomb to rookie Charlie Jones. Just a deep ball to the left, just a goal ball, right on the money, didn't even have to adjust to it. So it was definitely good to see him out there and definitely good to get a, a rep with him. Burrow was not the only Bengal who returned from injury. Running back Travion Williams was also back on the field after missing nearly a month with an ankle sprain. I, it was amazing. You know, like I said, you know, I've been in there for 30 days, but Joe's been in there alongside with me. So just being able to be alongside him and see, you know, the path that he's taking to get to where he's at right now as well. You know, you know, I, of course, you know, I was came back, but I was excited just as much for him too. Because, you know, he's ahead of the spirit for us. You know, he's an amazing guy and he's going to help us, uh, you know, make the Super Bowl push. So I'm excited to be able to be back out there with him. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and sign merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. NFL teams had to cut down their rosters this week, and I think the media should cover the process a little bit differently and focus on the roster after the practice squad is announced instead of after the 53-man roster is announced. Practice squad players can be elevated to the roster up to three times during the regular season. And last year, Trenton Irwin, Cal Adamitis, and Drew Chrisman started the season on the practice squad and wound up playing huge roles. The practice squad can include up to six veteran players, and for the Bengals this year, it includes the oldest player on the team, 33-year-old safety and special teams ace, Mike Thomas. I appreciate the Bengals, our coaching staff. I mean, they were just transparent and honest about the whole situation, and I understood my role, so great to be back. Get to help my young dudes out, you know, continue to grow in this game. And then I got to stay ready if opportunity presents itself. But at this point, you know, being on a team like this, being around this locker room, these guys, I mean, to still be around and to still be able to help them out and grow, like, that's where I want to be at this point in my career. With standard elevations from the practice squad, you know at some point you're going to play this year. Absolutely, yeah. man. And, and uh, again, staying ready. That's been my whole career. So mentally, that's that part's fine. But at the same time, helping these young guys understand, look, don't look for 3-1 to speak. You step up, you be a leader. Even some of our younger vets, you step up, you, you lead. But for me, like you said, the fact that we've negotiated in our CBA for standard elevations, that keeps so many vets, you know, around and extending their careers. So I'll be ready whenever that comes here with the Bengals. Uh, but at the end of the day, the fact that they kept oh, Uncle Mike around and I got a role with this team and I can help these young guys, you know, like start off their career high note and giving them all the game that I can, I mean, that's a blessing for me. I know the organization was really hopeful that you would accept a spot on the practice squad. Was there any hesitation in your mind? No, I mean, I told them they were very transparent for me for a long time about what was going to happen, right? And I can only appreciate them for that because a lot of times you don't get that information, right? And I told them, honestly, from my standpoint, unless a team came and signed me to their 53-man roster, I'm not doing a lateral move to go to somebody else's practice squad. And you know, hope we get brought up. And there were interests, but like I told everyone, I'm not going to nobody else's practice squad. This is, this is where I want to be. Thomas, Stanley Morgan, and Sidney Jones are three veterans who will almost certainly contribute on game day at some point this season. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. 
Most of the players on the roster and the practice squad have been with the team since the start of OTAs, but a notable exception is quarterback Will Greer. The former West Virginia Mountaineers star was the Cowboys' number three quarterback behind Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush before Dallas made that trade with San Francisco for former number one draft pick Trey Lance. Greer was told before the Cowboys' final preseason game that he was going to be cut, but he decided to play anyway, and he had a great game, passing for 305 yards and two touchdowns and running for 53 yards and two more TDs in the Cowboys' 31-16 win. At the end of the day, it was just, uh, it came down to do you want to play football or not play football, and I just said I'm going to go play. Um, Yeah. Put a lot into it, so I felt good about the offense and knew that I could go put good tape out. So um, at the end of the day, it just made it simple. So yeah, I'm gonna go play. What appealed about this opportunity? Um, I think the just the amount of the the coaches, the quarterback experience um, in this building, um, being able to play with Joe Burrow, some of these the weapons we have. A big part for me was being on a team, a, 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 a competitive team, so somebody that uh, you know had talent and was. Um, you know, a Super Bowl contender, if you will, um, which clearly this place is, and that's uh, that was a big part of the decision. What were the last couple of days like? Was it a whirlwind, fielding calls from a bunch of teams? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was weird. Um, you being in that position, um, definitely. You know, fielding calls and just trying to find the right fit. It was the first time I've gotten to like choose rather than being chosen. Um, so it was a weird process, but uh, my agents did a great job. And at the end of the day, like I said, I wanted to go to a place that I had a chance to go win it all. Coming from a place like Dallas that we were, you know, building to go win it all, I, I wanted to go somewhere else with that same vision and um, same ability. And, and this place definitely has that. So. You had great stats passing and rushing this preseason. Do you feel like you are playing the best ball of your life? Uh, I do. I think I got a lot more to give, but um, I think as you – the longer you play in the NFL, the better you get with, with everything. Um, and I definitely feel like I'm trending upwards and continuing to get better. And this this place was a place I felt like I was going to continue to get pushed and developed. We're not far from where you start in college. Is there kind of a nice feeling to be back in the Midwest where things went so well? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. I, I didn't realize how close it was to, uh, to Morgantown. It's awesome. And, uh, definitely just excited to be here. I hope I'm not wrong here you look a little sleepy has it been like you know restless uh, last 48 yeah, hours or whatever no doubt it definitely has uh, i was up early this morning to get here in time to get the physicals and all that done to be able to practice um i'll sleep good tonight and we'll catch up and be fine greer was originally a third round draft pick by the panthers in 2019 and started two games as a rookie but he suffered a foot injury in the second quarter of the second game The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, time to check in with one of the best color analysts on TV. The great Charles Davis will be in the booth with Ian Eagle in week one at Cleveland. And Charles, let's start with the Bengals leader, Joe Burrow. He was back at practice 12 days before the season opener. In your opinion, is that enough time for Joe to be fully ready for that game? Dan, you remember last year we were going through something similar with a different type of ailment. All right. And that ailment, I felt like set him back a little bit more. 
even though it's legs, it's feet, it's all this, it doesn't feel the same because that torque of throwing when you have the appendectomy and everything else that goes along with it, then you can't do anything at all. See, I think with the leg, I didn't, you know, I'm not a doctor, won't play one on TV, but I think that overall he was able to get a lot of workouts in. I think he's been moving around more than people think. Bottom line is, I just think that everything's going to be okay. He went through it last year, Dan, didn't feel quite himself, didn't play to his normal level in the opener against Pittsburgh. It's nothing like experience, is there? Having gone through it before, knowing what to expect, I expect to see much more of the Joe Burrow we're used to seeing come the opener at Cleveland. What do you admire and respect about him going into year four? Dan, he's the same guy every time I meet him. I'm not quite sure what your assessment would be because you're around him even more than we are. But what I like about him is he's very true to being Joe Burrow. And when you meet people, sometimes there's one persona versus another after a win, after a loss. Sometimes it's depending on the time of year. Sometimes it's depending on how they're playing. I could not tell you what his stats were the previous week. I couldn't tell you if they won or lost the previous week. I can't tell you anything based on each meeting with Joe Burrow. And I'm pretty sure Ian Eagle and Evan Washburn would back me up on this. You walk into the room or he walks in if you're already there for your meeting. He says hello. He's very polite. He greets everyone that is in the room, not just, you know, the announcers. If the producer's in the room, the director's in the room, if someone else happens to be there, he greets them with a hello. He sits down and tell me if this is your experience. Hello, 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 hello. He sits down. And that's it. That look is go. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of chit chat, not his thing, but he's not rude. But if you're going to waste his time with chit chat, he's not going to be there that long. It's going to be ask your questions. Let's go. And again, not not rude, but very to the point. Here we go. Off we go. And then he's back to the business of trying to win games for Cincinnati. And that is my experience as well. You described it very well. We're chatting with Charles Davis. The Bengals have the big three back at wide receiver, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. They've got Joe Mixon back at running back. They do have a newcomer in the mix, though, in tight end Irv Smith Jr. What do you think of Irv, and how important is the tight end in the Bengals' offense? Well, they've worked around the tight end to an extent for time. C.J. Uzama had a big year and parlayed that into a free agent contract with the Jets. My my experience with the Bengals and from what I think about how they want to run offense, if the tight end is there and available, they're going to utilize it. I thought the second half of last year, Hayden Hurst got utilized more as he got more comfortable and became that guy. Remember, that's why Hayden Hurst was drafted in the first round in the first place by Baltimore to catch passes and be that guy. If they can get the Irv Smith Jr. that came out of Alabama, that explosive youngster that we saw make plays, if they're getting him in Cincinnati, oh, he has no worry about being utilized. Joe Burrow knows how to spread the ball around, and you want to go cover the other three? That's cool. I got another guy I can move the ball to. It's just a matter of if Irv Smith stays healthy and if he's the guy that we saw coming out of college because he just didn't stay healthy in Minnesota. Last year, the Bengals went into the season with four new starting offensive linemen. This year, it's only one, and he's a four-time Pro Bowler, Orlando Brown Jr. Is this the year that the Bengals' offensive line becomes known as a strength? 
I think so, because I think that they've taken care of all they needed to prior to this last move you just described. Now, the kicker to the move is Orlando Brown Jr. coming in at left tackle and Jonah Williams saying, hold on a second, that's my spot. And, of course, there's a little bit of a, how do we say it, kerfluffle in the beginning. <laughs> and you remember Jonah Williams hurt feelings, wanted to stay at left tackle. There's a pride factor in that. You know, that's where he's played his entire career. Very few times I think, Dan, do I actually get one right. But when it first happened and Jonah said, well, I want to be traded, get me out of here. I never bought into it. I never once did. I just said, he's got hurt feelings. I get it. He wants to stay where he is. But I think he's going to look around and realize just moving to right tackle, even though it's tough, playing on this team and this offense with this group with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I think over time it will it will dissipate. And it has. And that's been a good thing for them. Let's turn to defense with Charles Davis. You played safety in the SEC at Tennessee. How big of a deal is the loss of Jesse Bates and Von Bell, particularly early in the season? It's a big loss. I don't think we can downplay it. And you're right about particularly early because once it's for real and everything starts to move really fast, that one adjustment that's not made in the back end of the secondary that Jesse Bates or Von Bell would have made with the rest of the secondary all of a sudden turns into a big play because someone runs free. That tackling that Von Bell provided in the middle of that defense or coming up off the edge when he dropped down, the ball hawking that Jesse Bates provided as being a center field type of a free safety back there in full experience, it's a big deal early. Now, do they have people athletically that can replace them? Certainly. But it's also the leadership aspect, the tone Von Bell set from the moment he got to Cincinnati where everybody's ended up buying in pretty quickly. All those things have to be replaced as well. And Lou Anarumo is the defensive mastermind. He needs these guys on point. He may have to be a little more vanilla early just to make sure they have their feet under them. The illusions, as we say, with uh, Lou Anarumo. Charles, a lot of us thought he'd be gone, thought he would get a head coaching job this offseason. Did you think that was going to happen? And, and what is it about Lou that makes him one of the best defensive coordinators in the league? One, I thought it should have happened, okay? And it should have happened a couple of years ago. But every time he doesn't get one of these jobs, short of him saying, that's not the job for me, I'm wondering what's going on with those organizations. And I know this seems, seems really strong to say, but I wonder about hiring around the league. And I would sit with anyone and happily have them educate me on what they're looking for in a head coach. Are you looking, listen, we went the, oh, wow, he calls really good ball plays with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. And I like Cliff. I covered him in college. I would hope that he would consider me a friendly person with him, whether he considered me a friend or not. But I questioned it from day one, and I'd be happy to say it. Are you kidding me? This is why we're hiring him? That makes no sense to me. Are, I want to know that you're hiring someone who can command the room, command the respect of the ball club, Follow what you're trying to get done and be there to handle all the adult decisions that have to be made. If that's not Lou Anarumo, I don't know who else that is. As soon as he walks in the room, the respect is there. The guys want to play for him. I've not met anyone that doesn't enjoy ultimately playing for Lou Anarumo. Are there some tough moments? Well, when are there not? The guy who has his name on the trophy that we all that they all play for, the Lombardi Trophy, 
he was not exactly a shrinking violet and wasn't exactly, hey, come give me a hug every day. But guess what? Those guys would have killed for him. And those who remain on this earth, I met one of them. You know what he told me, Dan? I don't think of my father every day who's been gone 25 years, but I think of Lombardi every single day of my life. Wow. That's amazing. So the season begins in Cleveland against the Browns. The Browns went 7-10 and 10 last year, but they didn't have Deshaun Watson for the first 11 games of the season. What are your expectations for the Browns quarterback now that he's had a normal training camp and gets to start from week one? My expectations are exactly what the Browns are and what the Browns actually expect. 2020 Deshaun Watson. Mm. That's what they have to have because that's who they signed. That's who they, they, they brought in. That's who they said, okay, $236 million guaranteed. That's the guy we're getting. Well, we all know what has happened since that time frame. We've had the holdout. We've had the off-field issues, the legal issues, the suspension for 11 games last year, which made their season a wrap before they ever kicked the football off, even though they played hard and did the best they could for Jacoby Brissett. It's not the three and three Deshaun Watson, and I hate doing that by record. I feel like starting pitchers is not the same for quarterbacks, but still, they went three and three with him down the stretch, but he wasn't the Deshaun Watson that we expected. Well, Danny, when you're suspended 11 games, you can't be around the facility, what, the first 10 weeks of the season? Yeah, I mean, you can't be around. You can't build anything. He's had a offseason now. He's had OTAs, mini camps, summer training. He's spending that time. The receivers are spending time with him. I think now it's a reasonable expectation to think that we start to see more of the 2020 Deshaun Watson, especially with that offensive line, because that's a good offensive line. And I think now this is a roster that for once we're looking at Cleveland and probably more, what will we say, twice in the last three years that we think, huh, better be careful with these Browns. This is a good ball club. When people are picking Pittsburgh to finish behind them, that tells you the respect they're starting to engender there. Plus, it feels like there's an urgency in Cleveland that they've got to get back to the playoffs, which they did during the COVID year of 2020. Charles Bengals fans love it when you and Ian call Cincinnati games. We look forward to seeing you in Cleveland and hopefully many times throughout the course of this season. Thanks for your time. Can't wait to see you in Cleveland, Dan. You take care of yourself and travel safely. Before we wrap things up, here's a reminder that our Bengals radio shows start next week. On Wednesday night, it's the Bengals Game Plan Show, and we'll be on location at Patrick's Sports Bar and Grill on Crookshank Road. We'll be there from 6 to 8, and Orlando Brown Jr. is scheduled to join us in the first hour. Then, on Friday of next week, it's the Bengals Pep Rally Show from 3 to 6 at Wings and Rings in Fairfield. Nick Scott is scheduled to be our guest from 5 to 6. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. And by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, Please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.